What is up, everyone? Welcome back to the Buffalo Blitz right here on the Built in Buffalo Facebook, YouTube, Twitter network. And if you are listening to this on the audio platform, the Built in Buffalo podcast, audio network, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Odyssey, or wherever you get your podcast. Appreciate everyone that is tuning in. And I just want to say before we get into tonight's topic, and obviously you guys know what we're going to be talking about. And this might be a little bit of a longer episode or show because Lance and I have a lot to talk about and we want to take it nice and slow and make sure we hit on all the key points. But before we get to that and before I ask how Lance is doing, I just want to say thank you to everyone that tuned in every Tuesday at 8 o'clock or listened back or listened to the audio platform throughout the season, the regular season and into the postseason uh, we did. You guys did a great job in the comment section with the views, with uh, dealing with Lance and I going back and forth with our score predictions, with everything that we talked about. So I just want to say thank you uh, to everyone that listened and watched our show throughout the season. Lance, besides our team ripping our soul out once again, how are we doing, my man? Doing well, doing well, all things considered. Obviously, um, the game didn't go the way anybody wanted to, but... Um, you know, like Josh said in his conference, we woke up the next day and have that to be thankful for. So um, before we get right into it, I just want to say uh, Underdog Fantasy is the proud sponsor of the Buffalo Blitz. Go sign up using promo code BLITZ and you'll receive a deposit match up to $100. Uh, Underdog Fantasy is great all season long. It has every sport and so many different ways to play and so many different ways to win with scorchers allowing you to win almost a hundred times, almost up to a hundred times your wager and other rivals and other pickums with best ball and daily drafts. So go out, check out underdog fantasy um, using promo code blitz. All right, Peter, give it to us straight, brother. It's your time to shine. You want me to go first? Is that what you said? Yes, sir. Okay. So obviously you know that everyone knows the bills. And if you don't know, um, Shockingly, uh, the Bills lost 27 to 24 to the Kansas City Chiefs on Sunday night in the divisional round. This is this marks the Bills' third straight divisional round exit. Uh, in the last three years, they've gotten to this point and lost every time. We're gonna get we have a lot of topics coming up, and then obviously, the comment section let us know your thoughts and questions and all that stuff. Uh, but my initial thoughts before we get into some specific topics, it was just one of those roller coaster of a game. If you were a fan, if you were a fan of not of those teams, right? If you're not a Chiefs fan or you're not a Bills fan, you enjoyed this game because it was two of the best quarterbacks going back to back, going at each other. It was two of the best teams in the National Football League going at each other. But if you're a Bills fan like Lance and I, it was one of those very tough games to watch because you saw the Bills play some sound football on both sides of the ball, but then you also saw times where they couldn't defend or they couldn't move the ball on offense or they couldn't execute in certain situations, which ended ended up costing them on, I guess, in three phases of the game, to be exact. Uh, it's another tough defeat. Uh, obviously, we're going to talk about where this team goes next towards the end of the show. It's a lot of, obviously, it opens. Anytime you lose in the postseason, Lance, and don't reach your main goal, which is to win a Super Bowl, it always opens up a butterfly of, just questions, concerns, overreaction, and I get it. And some of the reaction I understand, and some of the reaction is way too 
far-fetched, but that's what you get with fans that care so much about the team, with media members that care so much about the team. You are going to get overreactions. Uh, you're going to get people that maybe reach a little bit on a pick or or, or kind of a thought, and it'll, it takes some time. So every, Also, everyone grieves in losses in their own way, and they all deal with it in their own way. But, yeah, another another season. I did this episode last year by myself, and I remember – after the Bengals, and I was just, it was just one of those tough episodes to record. Uh, but Lance, you were at the game, you felt the emotions with Bills fans directly around you in stadium emotions. Uh, just give me your thoughts about obviously the game, but just being in that building. Yeah, first of all, before I get into all the, the recap stuff, just being there, it was a great day leading up to it. Um, we were at the game day hospitality tailgate with um, John and uh, Maddie Buffalo food slot was there had some great steak hoagies it was just a great time leading up to the game being with Bill's Mafia understanding it was the last home game regardless of the year so um, you know took it in really appreciated all the things that lit, led up to the game and then during the game um, it was such a roller coaster obviously you know the the first half went really really well um, you go into halftime leading so that was very good. And then the second half, obviously, was really up and down, back and forth. And then just as you think, okay, um, let's see if our defense has one last stand in them, um, you know, the game just ends <laughs> out of nowhere. And yeah. uh, that was just a, a really difficult thing. And then, you're, you know, we were stuck in our section the whole time, um, trying to get out. Everyone's trying to leave at the same time at that point, and you're just – kind of stuck there with it um, in your face the whole time. And then uh, obviously traffic backed up and you're just kind of, you're just stuck there <laughs> for well over an hour and a half, two hours, um, you know, after it happened. So mm -hmm. being there was a blessing and a curse, um, yeah. but uh, definitely, um, definitely was, was just a, a bittersweet moment, just a, mm -hmm. being able to take it all in, being there with, you know, so many of the Bills Mafia and the, the family that it is and um, great. It was a great day overall, you know, besides the outcome, like I said. Um, getting into the the recap of the game, um, you know, I think that Josh Allen put his arm arrogance and his arm talent on the line um, on display on Sunday. You know, he had a very, very good throw that I think maybe only he can make. Um, yeah. to Khalil Shakir in the end zone, I believe third quarter there. Um, phenomenal touchdown. Um, it was kind of a death by a thousand cuts approach with 16 passes behind at or behind the line of scrimmage, I believe. And, um, you know, ball control. The Bills ran 78 plays and controlled the time of possession. They gained 368 yards on 78 plays. The Chiefs gained 361 yards on 47 plays. So that's um, a little bit eye-opening. I think the the longest drive um, that the Chiefs had was under five minutes, and the Bills had almost every drive go, um, except for three, go five minutes plus. And then um, chunk plays. You know, the the Chiefs were able to get ten, fifteen plus yard plays, and the Bills got four. And I think that really hindered the Bills' ability to win this game and third down efficiency. I talked about it before the game. Um, they were right at 50%. 
seven of 14 and then two of three on fourth downs. But Kansas City was one of five, five, five third downs all game. Um, that was just something that was incredible. Um, seemed like the the Kansas City offensive line just dominated up yeah. front against the Bills defensive line. And those were kind of the things that I took away uh, looking back, um, having, you know, seen the game, taking it in live and and looking back, just those things that we kind of talk about uh, leading up to those games um, just didn't necessarily necessarily happen for the Buffalo Bills, you know, in this game. Yeah, unlike last year, Lance, when I was doing this episode, and I basically kind of came to the conclusion when I was talking, basically, to, when, you, when you're recording a podcast by yourself, you're basically talking to your freaking self. But when I was, uh, yeah, when I was doing it, I came to the conclusion, a lot of people did, that we were never in the game against the Bengals, right? Like, that game felt like we were never in it. This game was different, right? I thought the Bills, like, came out with their approach that if I was in charge of the game plan, what it came out with, right? I thought we knew Lance, when you and I talked about this, we we most people thought it wasn't going to be in the 40s just because both teams knew how important each possession was and both teams wanted to control the clock. The Bills went at it a totally different way. They wanted to absolutely dominate the time of possession and the amount of plays they ran, and they did. But it also caused their defense. But you, you it's two folds. If you want to dominate the possession, which is great. And I thought the Bills offense had a, a really good game plan outside of maybe not fully executing in the fourth quarter. I, th- I thought it worked. Three quarters, I thought it worked, right? Like you're on pace for 30 plus. If you score one more touchdown, exactly where you kind of wanted to be, Lance. The problem is the defense through three quarters was giving up really quick touchdowns, really quick scores. They had two bend don't breaks early in the game when they gave up field goals, which is exactly what you want. But they gave up too many quick touchdowns. The Travis Kelsey touchdown, he was wide open. Uh, they gave up a touchdown to Pacheco, right? Like, mm-hmm. you gave up too many quick touchdowns, and it just – you knew it was coming down to the final possession, and it just felt like both teams – both both offense and defense were not working in sync. But that's been a theme this year, right? One of the things we have talked about through the regular season and into the postseason is that – We've had times see the offense has clicked, but then the defense has struggled. And then we have seen defense get out of the gate really fast in games and the offense struggle, right? Like we haven't, and there's been games they put it all together and they look amazing, right? Like Miami uh, early in the year, right? Like the reason they won 11 games is because they put it together. But Lance, sometimes you are who you are, no matter if it's the regular season or the postseason. And we kind of found out that the Bills are who they are. They're a team that couldn't fully put together a full game of consistent football. Yep. And that's what ended up costing them in the end. It's yeah. it's not being able to execute in the fourth quarter on offense when your defense was, but it's not also in the second quarter or the first quarter or the th- more, more of the first half, I would say when the offense was humming and you thought if defense can get a stop here, we can go up double digits and the defense couldn't figure out a way to get a stop, yeah. right? Like, well, it's I think the first half, you can't really say. I mean, it's two field goals and a touchdown. No, no, no. Three I, no, total I possessions in the first half. So, yeah, I get that maybe if one of those field, you know, field goals or the touchdown drive doesn't happen, it's a completely different game. I totally cannot deny that whatsoever. But I'm not really – the first half went about as good as you could want it to, I, up 17-13 going into halftime. And so I, for me, I just – 
I get it. Definitely. I mean, it's not, you can't deny that if one of those drives isn't a score, um, that the game's different. So I, I totally agree. I just think that I get what you're saying. You, you, when you're going through a football game, it's all, you know, situational, right? So, okay, you play the first half. Now you're in the situation of being up four, going into a second half of a football game. And in the second half, you get beat 14 to seven. And yeah, that's, that's what does it. Um, there's, there's plenty and we'll get to that in a minute. I want to just highlight a couple of things here. We're going to get into the next segment um, with, with a little bit more in depth on, on kind of what went wrong, but um, the mentality of the bills is a growth mindset. Um, everybody on that team is going to think that they need to work harder and get better at what they do. And that's the mindset of professional athletes as a whole. Um, I don't think uh, that their lack of, they have a lack of aggressiveness. I think they, you know, they, they played. If you watch it back, you know, it's tough because they missed some tackles. They, um, you know, got out physical at times and got out of position at times and didn't make enough plays at the end of the day, especially on the defensive side of the ball. Mm -hmm. But I think the mentality is to grow every day and become a better person. Um, It's one of the things that I watch sports because of, and I love to have that mantra and the mentality is just be a better person today than you were yesterday and keep building on that till you're the best version of yourself. And that's the athlete's mindset um, every day of the week. Um. Injuries did us in on defense. Why? Poor tackling, fundamental strength and conditioning. Maybe. I, You know, who, so we were missing. Sorry, I'll give Wayne his run here. I'll keep that up while we talk. <laughs> um, you know, Willie Gay and Mike Edwards went out for Kansas City. Um, their defense wasn't 100% either, I don't think. Um, obviously, our secondary was intact with Boyd and Hire. Oh, yeah. Hoyer and Hyde, and then also um, Razul Douglas, right? So then we had Dane Jackson um, missing Benford. So um, Benford, Milano, and Bernard. Uh, Those were the three guys we were missing on defense. Um, Rap obviously wasn't there either, but, you know, as far as starting players, we're missing three guys. And you're supposed to, and AJ Klein obviously wasn't effective. I think that that was pretty evident. Yeah. Um, You watched the game. Yeah, it was pretty evident. And it was tough to really ask him to be super effective coming off the couch. But um, yeah, they they didn't have, um, they weren't willing to put in Dorian Williams, who, you know, maybe was felt more uh, suited physically to perform in that game. Um, They weren't willing to do that. So, you know, I don't know. The both teams, had injuries uh, you know Joe Tooney also got injured for the Chiefs um, and the Bills really didn't take advantage of that on the defensive line uh, too much either so I don't think you can use injuries as, as an excuse no. personally no. I think um, you, certainly if our team's fully healthy you have a the best shot to win and that's the whole point of playing a season of football but they didn't have the guys and when you get down to the end of your roster there and you're playing the backup to the backup, um, 
it, have, it's it, football. It gets tough. Yeah, it's, that's football. Uh, the injury, before we get to what we're going to talk about next, the injuries, it's an interesting thing. Lance, the Taylor Rapp injury in the Miami game is probably something that I probably should have made, should have brought more light to, and I probably should have made a bigger deal of. I didn't think it would be that big of an impact because I thought if you were able to have Taylor Rapp in this game and move Poyer into that kind of undersized linebacker spot, it probably would have helped with guarding Kelsey a little bit. They Their biggest problem is, and it's been their problem for years when playing the Kansas City Chiefs in the playoffs, is their inability to guard Travis Kelsey. And obviously it was completely hindered with who was out there at linebacker. They 100% should have made a switch to A.J. Klein. I thought uh, out of A.J. Klein to Dorian Williams, it clearly wasn't working. Right, like AJ Klein clearly wasn't working. It couldn't have gotten any worse, and I think they were kind of stubborn to kind of go to that way. And yeah. I also thought they probably should have went to Kyrie over Douglas. Douglas is clearly Douglas is a better player, and Douglas has been very good. Douglas was clearly battling an injury that was probably bigger than I think we expected, or he even shed shed light on. I thought they probably should have changed it up a little. Look, and let's let's go to who's to blame here. And I'm not gonna I'm not blaming the injuries, right? Like. You're right. You had, you had Edwards go down for the Chiefs. You had Joe Tooney get injured. You had Willie Gay, right? Like you had – it's it's a next man up mentality. Obviously, if you have Terrell Bernard in the game, it's different. He's one of your best players on defense. It, it's, it's unfortunate that he wasn't able to play in the game. Outcome is different. I don't know. Christian Benford playing outcome is different. I don't know. You needed someone to go make a play, and on both sides of the ball at the end of the game, no one made that play, right? Like – it's 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 and you had opportunities to make that play. It's I don't know, man. Like it's tough to blame injuries, Lance. Where if one or two plays go your way, you win the football yeah. game. You know what I mean? And we're not here to we're not here. Someone said, "Why does there have to be blame?" It's it's not to well, there's always blame. bash anybody, but it's just to try to discuss. You know, we could have said, you know, what went wrong in this game, or, or where did the where did the Bills fall short? Kind of the title of the. It's of the show, and that's like, kind of what this this segment is all about. Um, I think that you're not going to blame one unit. You're not going to blame one person. This is a complete team game, a complete team effort um, that came up short here. And I think that the biggest thing that I took away was was when you were talking there just a mo- moment ago. You mentioned putting together that complete game that complimentary football that Sean McDermott preaches, right? And the Bills just weren't able to do that. Um, when the Bills had to punt, they obviously had to go to an injured punter now as well um, and shanks that's, a punt. That's, uh, yeah, so was special issue. teams wasn't good. Obviously, mm-hmm. we know that we missed a field goal. You can't miss a field goal there. Um, missed it really badly too. But but again, it's not Tyler Bass's fault that we lost this game either. Um, you know, the Chiefs were able to score on their first was it, five possessions. And One, two. So, besides the end of half play. Besides the besides end, the end of, half. of half, yeah, I guess. Yeah. You know, five, so five, first six, five out of their first six, we can say, if you want to call the their, no, their it's, it's getting five, the ball with 26. But um, every time they had the ball, and they went down and they put points on the board in four and a half minutes or less um, for the first five possessions. Um, and then the sixth possession, they get a short field because we decide to be aggressive, which, you know, someone said earlier about a lack of aggressiveness. There was a total aggressive mindset there. It just 
didn't work. They didn't execute it, and it was it was uh, maybe a little bit overzealous of a, <laughs> a too much, of yeah. a play. I think. Um, so again, you know, the decision making from the top down, the execution yeah. from the top down um, wasn't enough, but it wasn't terrible. It wasn't discuss. It wasn't like that it wasn't ever going to work or anything. It was a great plan. It was a great idea for the most part on, on this game, but the execution fell flat when it mattered. And, you know, going into the fourth quarter, you need a stop and the Chiefs score to take the lead. Um, with, or just at the rate right at the beginning of the, the fourth quarter, yeah, the Chiefs score. And then you're down three with the entire fourth quarter to play basically three possessions and your first two possessions you go three and out basically with the get... the first possession going for it on fourth down in your own territory um because you know your punter isn't healthy and it's going to yeah. be difficult to kick and then you you create a fumble and you do nothing. You just do nothing with it. Um, and really, after so the Chiefs score to go up 27-24, Josh Allen on first down runs for eight yards on a um, option play. Read option. He keeps it and goes to the left for eight yards. And then you get absolutely blown up for minus three yards on second and two and i think that's one area where we can focus a little bit is the second down efficiency the second down handoff um the amount of second down running plays was just too frequent too many in my opinion i think that you know while i was watching the game i said they've got to run a play action pass here at some point i mean i'm all for their game plan was to obviously run the clock and limit the possessions for the Chiefs. Um, but at some point in the third or the fourth quarter, and I'm going to say fourth because the in the third quarter, their only possession, they scored on a 15-play, eight-and-a-half-minute drive. So now you're into the fourth quarter here, and you've got second and two, and you end up having to run a fake punt on fourth and five from your own 32 30 yard line um i just that's not good enough and that the reason it's not good enough is because they were too predictable at that point uh they they ran james cook into a wall at that i mean at that point everyone knows you're running the ball it's no surprise Mm -hmm. Uh, i just think that you have to call something different there you have to call a better play um and or block, you know, Osiris Torrance doesn't block uh, Drew Tranquil, um, and he blows the play up. So that was, you know, that was that play specifically on second and two from the 33 that led to obviously, um, you know, George Karlaftis pass batted down at the line as he comes in unblocked because they felt like they had a double team uh, Jones inside with Torrance and Morse. And that leaves Spencer Brown to block two guys. He blocked one. The other one came free. 
and got his hand on the ball when they only tried to pass it. So the one thing I wanted to get your opinion on, if you're going to go for it on fourth and five from your own 30-yard line, are you running a fake punt with Damar Hamlin getting a direct snap, or are you just trotting your offense back out there and hoping for the best? You're trotting your offense back out there, right? Like Hines said, it's 50-50, right? Like if Damar Hamlin takes the 30 yards or whatever, right, he gets the first down, doesn't really – matter and I know that's not even the reason we lost like that which is the funniest thing ever like sure. at the time I was like oh the game's over because I thought Kansas City was gonna score defense make a play now Lance on fourth and five you were better off getting the offense back out there and doing a direct QB draw to Josh Allen right that that I'm not saying that's the play call there but I I that's the play you go to right and you made a good point on that the second half their inability and it's mainly the fourth quarter inability to run the football became an issue. And I don't think Joe Brady picked up on that quick enough. Like, I don't think he made, he made the adjustment where like, if you and I are knowing they are running the ball on second down consistently, the chiefs know that we are running the ball on second down. Steve Spagnolia, who's one of the best DCs in the National Football League, who's won Super Bowls as a DC with the Kansas City Chiefs, knows we are running the football. And I thought, you have Josh Allen on second and two. Why not do an end around? Why not do one of those tunnel screens to Dalton Kincaid that I thought worked a couple times to Shakir, right? Like a simple throw instead of just handing it off to James Cook and letting him run into a wall, like like you alluded to, Lance. Uh the special we're on the topic of who's to blame for the loss, right? The special teams was an issue, right? Like I think we know the Demar Hamlin fake didn't work. Terrible play call. Tower Bass missing the field goal, unfortunate, cannot happen. The the fact that they had Sam Martin trot out there and punt, in my opinion, is a complete I, I don't know where I'm going here, but it's just is kind of almost a disgrace at this point because you clearly knew he wasn't. 100%. Like, yeah. well, you watched him in the game, man. Like, he was struggling to get those punts, and he struggled to punt in that game. You had Matt Hawk back on this team or on the practice squad. You're telling me you couldn't have put Sam Martin on the freaking IR? Right. Like, that wasn't – like, Sam Martin is that good of a punter to put not put him on IR? Like, I thought that was just terrible. Like, I thought – and I, I'm not. I thought Brandon Bean's been is a great general manager, uh, but I thought that was a big issue. Yeah. I want. I want to talk about this question because I want to talk about the defensive line because yeah. the defensive line was not good. But I'll bring this. I, you smart. You brought this up. But Trey Williams is coming in. Hey Lance and Pete, can we fire D line coach Eric Washington? D line remarkably healthy, no pressures at Oliver. Zero pressures on 38 rushes, and Chiefs didn't double him off. That I think this is a perfect conversation i'm gonna answer your first question really quickly eric washington is not going anywhere there's a strong chance eric washington might be a dc on this team if they go you're never gonna find just to sorry to jump in but i just feel like i have to say this you're never gonna find me advocating to fire anyone uh really i mean i just don't what about like i guess if it's egregious maybe but it's just i didn't think that um it turned out great that they fired ken dorsey but i still didn't necessarily know if that was you're very nice you're a human being 
but yeah, I'm just that no, no, for no. me, I think of it as a, a totally different way because I, a job. I also feel like, you know, the players aren't executing everything that these coordinators or these coaches are asking them to execute. And he brings that up with his second point. Ed Oliver had one of his worst games of the year. Oh, he was a complete no show. And at the wrong time, he, yeah, you know, and I think that that because Ed Oliver had a pretty bad game doesn't mean Ed Oliver is not a good player and that he shouldn't be back on the team. I think he's been really good this year, had the best year of his career, and he's going to be back. And I don't think that that one game tells us that Eric Washington needs to be fired or anything either. I think it's unfortunate. And yeah, it hurts that, you know, the Bills did lose this game, but I don't, I think that defensive line is one of the issues um, that we brought up here and that we are talking about that you have Leonard Floyd, Von Miller, Greg Rousseau, AJ Epinesa on the edge. Shaq Lawson didn't play very well either and, and not much pressure. And even when they got pressure on Mahomes, they couldn't bring him down. And he had a huge run in the second half there to extend a drive that um, just nobody was there and there was nobody there to get him to tackle him. And luckily he stepped out of bounds at the 18 yard line. And it's just like, where, where's all our defenders? Um, You had a play, I think with, with Travis Kelsey, um, there's another, um, comment here. Um, wide open. Yeah. Wide I mean, open. wide Just open coverage. for a touchdown. Broken coverage. I think that you talked about um, Isaiah Pacheco, that run that he scored a touchdown on. There was no resistance there. There's no Linval Joseph gets pushed we, five, six yards back. Um, and there's all day, there was no push up front. We, and it's it's frustrating, but you know I think that, that like I told you, every athlete's going to come out and work to get better. The Bills are going to need to retool this team, and we're going to talk about that in a little bit here too. But interior, exterior of the defensive line is just one of the issues in this game. Um, they just didn't get it done. They didn't have much for pressuring or stopping. Their their average depth of tackle was like three to six yards oh, for the defensive was... linemen. And that you you got to be able to get tackles in the backfield. Um, and when your average depth of tackle, when you're at Oliver is six yards behind, you know, past the line of scrimmage, that's just, it's not great. I'm not advocating for Eric Washington to be fired. I'm not doing that. And I agree with you, but I'm not going to go out and beat on a drum here for him to be the defensive coordinator of this team. If they go that route, because I don't think he fully deserves it at the moment. Uh, it doesn't mean I think he should be fired. There's a difference. Lance, I don't think we need to keep everyone, and I don't think we need to run it back. This I just said they need to to make you never changes. run they're it gonna, back. In the they're going to blow up. They're going to have to really as of some of the salary implications they have going on. They're going to have to make some changes. I think that maybe people aren't expecting, and I'm I'm expecting to see something happen. Um, I tweeted it out at last last at Lance Nelson Bib on Twitter. I tweeted it out that you know there may need to be some blow-ups here on this team this offseason it's going to be very interesting but the thing i don't understand is fans not trusting brandon bean to do his job because he's very good at being a general manager and i think that you know i understand it's frustrating to just lose in the divisional round but 
a lot better position than a lot of other people and a lot of other teams were this season. And yeah. I just think that, you know, let Brandon Bean work. He's very good at doing it. And I'm excited to see, you know, what goes on throughout this offseason. We're obviously going to talk about a lot of our opinions on what we think can happen moving forward. Um, but yeah, I think just on on the defensive side of the ball, um that that was a that was a tough performance from the defensive line. Um and Benjamin Shoop here, shout out to Built in Buffalo Zone, Ben Shoop. Um, what do you think about Hyde? It seems like based upon a letter his wife wrote um today that that Hyde's probably gonna retire. Yeah, I'm gonna can I answer the D line question back for Absolutely. a second before we go? I know I like the question. I wanted to bring that up as well. The D line, which has been a strength, I thought this year. I thought the D line had a very good year, Lance. I thought it's one of the better defensive lines that Brandon Bean has brought together with draft picks, with free signings, uh, all that kind of thing. Like I'm, I'm advocating for Daquan Jones to be back. Right. I'm advocating for either one of AJ and Penenza or Leonard Floyd to be back. One of them because both of them is probably not realistically in the Bills' plans, just financially. And I also want to think Leonard Floyd kind of fell apart the last eight games of the year. And I don't think we saw the best Leonard Floyd that we saw earlier in the year. And that was very disappointing. Uh, you pay that guy to go get a sack in the playoff game, right? The D-line got bullied the whole game. The whole game. There was no pressure on Mahomes, like you said. They couldn't stop a run. Isaiah Pacheco averaged 6.5 yards per carry. When you want to control the clock on offense, you have to go stop the run on the defensive side of the ball. Right? Like You have to. And they didn't. And they Mahomes, they kind of let Mahomes kind of sit back there, right? And Lance... When you have a kind of a sort of banged up secondary, when you have a very banged up linebacking core, you need your D line to go step yeah. up and make a play. And yeah. that was the healthiest part of the defense, and they didn't make a play. And we have some very freaking good players on this defensive line. We were talking about people, fans advocating, and I love him, but advocating for Ed Oliver to be an all pro. And I thought he had a great regular season. Man, you have to show up in this game. You have. Yeah. This is where you become win a one-on-one -on -one matchup. You have to win a one-on-one -on -one like, matchup. It's yeah. all good. You do it in week 11 of the regular season, and I get it. Those games were important because the Bills put themselves in a spot to have to go win at six in a row or five in a row to make the playoffs. But you get to the playoffs, you get to the divisional round, and you're advocating for these guys to be pro bowlers and all pro guys, and I, I, and I understand that. And I, people are posting Instagram stories. Players are, and they're doing all this stuff thinking they should be. Then go make a play when it matters, man. Like I, I, and I think coaches deserve blame in this game as well. And I think Sean McDermott deserves blame as well. But it is not Sean McDermott's fault that the D line that was making plays all year, that your two defensive tackles and Daquan Jones and Ed Oliver got bullied the whole night. That just cannot happen in a divisional round. Like it just can't. Like what? What did you say? The average depth of tackle was six yards behind the in front of the Fred line of scrimmage. What the heck is he's a defensive tackle? That means he's chasing guys. Ed Oliver should not be chasing guys. I'm not. I'm not trying to just pick on Ed Oliver here. I'm really right. not. But and I've I've tweeted videos of Ed Oliver. I've tweeted videos of me talking about Ed Oliver. How good of a year he has had and how good that contract is. And I would still give him that contract. I'm not saying he shouldn't. The problem is teams that go on to the next round that go on to a Super Bowl have guys outside of their quarterback make plays. You have to go make a play. Von Miller made a play at the end of the first half. 
He didn't have a great game, but he made a play at the end of the first half. Instead of letting the Chiefs have like whatever they started with, like 26 seconds left, I think it was, instead or 20 seconds, whatever it was, right, in the 20s to end the half where you think, oh, God, they might go get a field goal here. Von Miller makes a nice shoestring tackle on Patrick Mahomes. Yeah. And runs in the half. That's called making a play. Someone has to go make a play on the defensive line. Obviously, Poirier made a huge play, popping the ball out. Uh, I got the Bills the ball back. So that's a play. Right. But I, I can't hear that. You're, During run plays, they got Gregor Stowe, Leonard Floyd, Daquan Jones, Linval Joseph, Shaq Lawson, Tim Settle, and AJ Epinesa all had zero tackles on that run plays. Can't happen. How does that not that's happen? One, two, three, four, five, six, seven defensive You're... linemen have zero tackles on run plays. Lance, I just that's astonishing you... uh, to me. I think that. You're absolutely it's right. It's so I mean, frustrating, man. Well, you, you know, well, Lance, that's you execution. Know, you know, Kristen Benford's not playing. You know, we're so Douglas is injured. You have aging safeties. You have no linebackers in the middle of the field. You like this just, and it's, and this is why Ed, Eric Washington is getting a little bit heat this week because that's where the blame always goes to the coaches. If is it fair? No, but it's how the National Football League has worked for the last 40 years, right? And it's when you and I talking about it, it's not going to change anything. And I don't think he deserves the full blame, but I think he deserves a little bit of the blame because he is the coach that puts those guys in that position. But the defensive line had to go make a play. And I'm not talking about go making a splash play. I'm talking about not getting getting 6.5 yards per carry to Isaiah Pacheco and getting absolutely pushed around. That just can't happen. Uh, has uh, Let's see. Anything? Oh, you want to? Oh, Hyde. Thoughts on Hyde potentially retire. I'm going to make this quick for my point, and I'll, I'll ask you, Lance. You you kind of already mentioned, but look, I don't know if Hyde retires, but I think we and I posted this on, I tweeted this on Sunday night late, uh, a video of Hyde walking back to the locker room. That was probably the last time we've seen Micah Hyde in a Buffalo Bills uniform, and yep. the reality is that's very unfortunate, right? Like I don't think Micah Hyde is playing his best football he had uh, that he has played in his career, but this is a guy that helped the Bills get out of the drought era. One of the first handful of acquisitions acquisitions that this regime made and he was one of the core guys that kind of made this defense stable and created a winning culture and created a culture that wasn't losing anymore and I, he was he was a great guy to watch and I, I i'm gonna miss micah hyde back there but if you're thinking on football football terms uh micah hyde probably shouldn't be a buffalo bill next year realistically but like my emotional side of side of it right Watching Mike Hyde yeah. play for the last five plus years, six plus years, it's it's sad. It's a, it's a sad reality, but that's I guess part of the game. Yeah, um, Daniel Adams coming in saying, I think this has to be said. Bill's got to practice tackling during practice way more. In season injuries are caused by bad tackling. When watching the Bills, they look like bad tacklers. I think there's some something to that. What I what I saw. Way too many guys got injured this year standing around watching the play and somebody else torpedoes in and crushes their leg or something. It's not you know? funny, but it's how you say it. It's true. I mean, yeah, like, no, I'm with you, man. Um, there's guys just standing around piles or in Matt Milano's case, he just went in he just like an absolute into missile and like, gets his leg broken because he did. <laughs> like he had no need to go into that pile, but 
Um, you know, when, when someone was talking about playing hard and playing aggressive, sometimes the aggression that this defense plays with causes them to get hurt too. And then sometimes guys that maybe are just in the wrong place at the wrong time, um, you know, end up getting whacked in the leg or, or something because, you know, they're not expecting someone to come in at a thousand miles an hour um, and take friendly fire. But that's what's happened to a lot of the defenders this year, in my opinion, and, and how um, some of these injuries have happened is just, um, you know, some guys maybe slowing down, thinking the play's over while other guys are, you know, driving in yeah. there a thousand percent and, um, you know, caught a, you know, people got caught. Um, yeah, I, I think, I mean, I think that's, we don't need to uh, maybe poor choice of words for the segment, but I, you know, I'd like to, uh, you know, I don't think it's poor everyone's, choice. everyone's to blame. Um, you know, everyone has a little bit, a little bit to blame. We wanted to make sure that we, um, you know, went through it and kind of thought through what, what, what went wrong for this team, Wait, you know, in this Lance, game. You, you lost a game you were favored in, right? Like it's, and I know Patrick Mahomes and the defending Super Bowl champions are on the other side of the, on the field we're not blaming people calling for their jobs but right not everyone did their jobs because the bills make a couple more plays like they win this game and my girlfriend came in here and said amanda hyde had a great speech i gotta go i gotta go back and look at that because i know i'm assuming she's talking about that letter that she put mm, on yeah social media i gotta go read that i saw it but and I that i mean and that basically or does she have a speech to, to me it was now just is letter, he I, i'm pretty sure based upon um based upon her letter that she penned is that, you know, her and Micah were, were now joining and then she pointed it or she worded it as being promoted from being on the team to being part of Bill's mafia now. So um, that for me I, tells me that I would, that Micah Hyde's retiring. Does Micah Hyde want to come coach? Maybe. Hey, does Micah Hyde want to come right? coach? he seems like Good a guy idea. that, that could, he seems like an intelligent human being. Uh, he seems like a guy that would do it. Uh, was a letter. Okay. I knew I, I thought it was a letter. Uh yeah, any more on um oh, I guess we way. just went we just went through the defensive line here and we said we were gonna be patient, so I don't want to move on too quickly. Is there anything um we we talked about we, well, defensive well, okay, line. Well, we, we talked a little bit about coaching, but is there anything else on the coaching outside side of, of the, the whatever the hell the, the fake punt was? I thought like I said earlier in the show, Lance, the game plan I thought was good. <laughs> Yeah, I don't have. I didn't have a problem. Like you had a chance to win the football game, mm -hmm. and you didn't take it, right? Like I don't have a problem with the coach. I have a problem with the play calling. But that's every time you lose, you always. We, even when we won games, we had problems with some of the play calling, and that's just part of the National Football League. I'm just looking back at the comments, see if we missed anything. Uh, that's important. No offense, even though everyone's comments is important. Todd's coming in. Has Dick spoken to the media yet? Who cares? Um, that's not go down that rabbit hole uh yeah I, 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 I most people are coming in but i'm assuming from what i've read outside of the letter that mike hyde won't be a buffalo bill next year and i, I fully expect that anyway just based off where he is at his at his career uh and that the bills need to get younger at the safety position but jordan Poirier will be a buffalo bill next year so i think we have to and I don't, i'm not against that if they have a younger free safety back there him and Poirier might not be uh a bad option. Maybe right. they bring back Taylor Rap as well. Get a little interesting. That'd be good. Yeah. Get a little interesting in the safety room. We'll see what happens there. Uh, 
Eight, yeah, Lance, before we get, we're going to talk about the fourth quarter sequence. Because yeah. when, or Which, anything else you want to talk about who's, who's to blame? Well, that's, or, I mean, I think that that is the next thing. In the For me, the next thing in the who's to blame is kind of, it's not, again, completely the, the offense's fault here, but um, the defense then gets a stop, like we said, and the offense just comes out and does nothing. You mean the um, second you respond, you respond to a touchdown by the Chiefs with nothing. Then you have a play, a turnover from the you know on the one yard line, you, you, and you come out basically a miracle. <laughs> you your first play from scrimmage with twelve oh nine left in the fourth quarter is a handoff to James Cook that loses four yards, four yards by Trent McDuffie in the backfield. Um, a cornerback. And that's, we talked about average depth of tackle for the Bills defense on run plays. And this is completely the opposite. The Chiefs got plenty of tackles for losses um, in the Bills running game. And now that comes with the territory because of the game plan was such that they were going to hand the ball off at a high volume to try to run the clock out. But at some point, you have to pull the ball and run a play action pass. And first down after a turnover seems like a pretty damn good spot to run a play action pass to me. Um, but, I, you know, I'm just sitting here um, on the couch watching the game most of the time. So I don't know. I'm not an expert by any means. But just like how often are we going to just look back at these games in which we lose and, th- and see these situations where it, it just seems like a complete lapse of either execution or you know, judgment on, on what's going on. And then the next play, you know, Josh Allen hits Shakir on a pass who gets absolutely crushed. And I don't even so, know what his injury was, but so, I know, thought it came, was shoulder. Okay. He came, he comes back. I'm guessing. After, I'm totally guessing. Gritted it out and comes back. And then um, your third and 12 play from there is the deep pass at Trent Sherfield where it goes through his hands, basically. Got to catch the ball. Um, under slightly underthrown, but I think by design because he, you know, comes there and and has the chance the to to catch it. And I think that yeah, I mean, you got Lance. You got you got like could every throw is not going to be perfect, right? Exactly. No, you 100%. have yeah. to. And this is and I am no way, have... shape, or form trying to put anything on Allen. I don't think that no, but Josh Allen. No, I, no, I'm not thinking you were. To, no, no, to it's put a blame on here that that but that that has to be a catch. I think Lance. too. You're right. But I mean that doesn't guarantee anything other than you get the ball now. You would have gotten the ball at um past midfield, right? You would have yeah. got a first down and, and you have to drive alive. It's no guarantee it's, for points or anything, but it's like, hey, come on. Well, like, listen, if you think about this, right? There's tough catches, right? And that was a tough catch. But in order to win these type of games, you have to go make a play. Valdez Scantling. Who's had drop issues all year, who's been hated by Chiefs fans all year, made a great kind of over the shoulder catch on Teron Johnson earlier in the game, right? A great catch. Mahomes put it in a good spot, without a skitting, makes a great catch. He goes, makes a play. You have to make plays in these types of games. It, it, in these divisional that, rounds. Now, that Scantling catch was was just Mahomes 
putting an absolute dime on a guy and him making the catch. And but yeah, like we didn't have a guy do that. And, but Valdez Scantlin has dropped balls. But Lance, he's dropped balls all year. All year. He, he we have Valdez Scantlin coming he, up out of nowhere, and we have high money all guys year. on our team just not able to do the same. You have to you have to put guys in place. Guys that are on the field have to make plays. It's a team game. You have to make plays when it matters the most. These games, and we have seen in years past, come down to the slightest things. The divisional round, the AFC Championship games, the Super Bowl, the playoff games, whatever. Playoff games come down to really slight things. And in the fourth quarter, we have a trench short football that needs to be caught. We have a couple design plays that were terrible. You come out, like you said, and you run the ball right th- after forcing a miraculous, I'm going to call it, Toporia made a great play. That's an absolute miracle that you did not go down 10 right there. It's an absolute miracle. I wrote it basically right. down in pen and paper there that we were going down 10 at that moment in the game, and it was going to be an absolute hill to climb to win this game. Poirier makes a great play. We were lucky that ball flies out into the end zone and not directly to the in, out of bounds. So, But you did, you did nothing with it. You come out, like you said, and you make a great play with James Cook. Oh, no, you design a play to James Cook, and Trent McDuffie, the cornerback, blows it up for a four-yard loss. Like, that can't happen. Trent Sherfield doesn't make a play. Tough catch, still got to make a play. And then, Lance, you punt the ball back, right? Short punt, three. Uh, you punt the ball back. The short mm-hmm. punt, what was it? 39 yards. Once again, bringing up why Sam Martin probably should have not been punting in that game. Yep. Then, he only punt twice. In the game, what was his net yards? You maybe have would have punted three times. You may have elected to punt if, if, you have if we didn't punter. fake it. But he got a forty-yard punt to the Kansas City twenty from the Bills forty. So, okay, um, not great, <laughs> not great. And then you have the second punt there, where it's just complete shank, um, thirty-nine yards to the Kansas City forty-three. Um, but but and right? the defense bows. And you Mixed get, up. We get, you get a up. penalty. You get a penalty to extend their drive, which is like, oh, oh here okay. we go. Let's and then, wait, wait, wait. We gotta talk about that penalty, man. Yeah. Dorian Williams goes his shoulder into Rasheed Rice as he's running across the field. That's not a penalty. The rule is, and they said it about 700 freaking times on the broadcast, you can hit him within that yard frame, right? Oh, if the quarterback right. still has the ball. Okay, let's freeze frame it. Let's go back. Quarterback had the ball. Dorian Williams hits him. Not a penalty. Mm-hmm. But let's call it a, and let's talk about it for 10 minutes and then still call it a penalty after you get the call wrong. I don't know. That drove me nuts. And I was like, oh, here we go again. Right. So then, first down, Von Miller pressures Holmes and gets him to throw it away. Von Miller. There's, nice. There's a, there's a player's a play. All right. There's one guy, you know, stepping up, making a play. Um, Bad pass. I think there was a, an incompletion of Valdez Scantling. I don't remember exactly the details. It was a short pass it. to the left. Um, it was like a screen pass, kind of. Just didn't work out. Mm-hmm. And then again, you know, great coverage. And, and Dorian uh, Williams Dorian is Williams flying around. Brings down Mahomes and um, ends Lance, the drive. Should, they should have went to Dorian Williams a little sooner in that game, right? Like, I 100%. thought Dorian Williams might have doesn't have, the at the moment, the football IQ that I think A.J. Klein does, right? Just because A.J. Klein has 10-plus years in the National Football League, and Dorian Williams is a rookie. But Dorian Williams is way more athletic at this point, 
way faster and can go make a play on a quarterback yeah. or a receiver or a tight end. I don't think AJ Klein can. And I think you kind of take that risk of him maybe being out of position, but can go make that play. And he did. He made that play to get the Bills the ball back, pressured kind of Mahomes and made him scramble for, for basically a yard, which didn't matter. Bills get the ball back, and here we go. Yeah. Here we go. Right out of the gate, right? It's that it's the shot to digs. And um, you and once again, Lance, we are talking about our receivers not making a play. And I love Stefan Diggs, and I think he is great. And I think he will be on the team next year. So if I if someone texts me one more time, and you know who you are, you're not listening. But if you text me one more time that Stefan Diggs is not on this team next year, and you don't know what you're talking about. But some of the Stephon Diggs will be on this team next year. He has to make that catch though. Lance. Yep. Let me uh oh, oh are you gonna pull it up? Well, let's do it. I don't want to pull it up. Maybe you gotta make me relive that. I've seen it like seven hundred times. You know, you know, it's just it, like yeah. I've had some texts from people, some of my friends that clearly have no no football IQ. Uh, no offense to them, but Stefan Diggs isn't going anywhere. Um, right. But Lance, he has to make that catch. He does. You find it on the video, aren't you? No, I've got it. I was just watching it and w- wondering if we should bring it up. Yeah, just bring it up, man. You already brought it up, so we're bringing already it brought up. It up. We're bringing it up, I guess. Just here's a play action on first down, exactly what I'm talking about, and you got a shot at it. Definitely not a bad throw, and just uh, yeah, I don't know. I'm not sure what else to say about it, other than you know that again, that doesn't guarantee anything um, with that catch. I mean, you still the offense could have still sputtered out there, and you could still be mad about you know execution but based upon where he caught that ball if he doesn't score they're dang near in the red zone and they had a really good game um with red zone execution with josh so, Allen's legs and stuff like that yeah exactly um red zone three out of four um attempts uh with the last one the probably the missed field goal did we get to the red zone in the last time no, we never got no, to the it was 26, yeah. No, so yeah. the what was that then? We kicked a field goal in the red zone once. Three touchdowns in the red zone, one was a field goal. Oh, there's yeah, we scored three, every time we're in the red zone. Three, you, you meant three out of four touchdowns. We scored in the red zone once. I was just we, reading a stat. I don't know what we scored four times in the red zone. Yeah, we scored. Um, um, so I'm not sure what um ESPN's talking about, but anyway, yeah, ESPN can um, rocks. Um yeah, so I think that you get in the red zone there and you have a pretty darn good chance at converting something. And mm-hmm. like I said, we, we talked about it, you know, Kansas City had had 10 plays of 15-plus yards in this game, and the Bills had four. And when they needed them the most, on the drives that mattered the most, when the situation called for it the most, um, the Bills didn't get it, and that's the difference between being a championship team and not. Um, and it's just it's very, very difficult to stomach that because you just think you have all the talent on the team, all the guys that can do it, but when the moments call for those guys to do it, it doesn't happen, and it's hard. Um, and, you, you know, it's tough because Josh Allen 
absolutely outplayed any anything that I could have expected. You know, made a brilliant throw on that throw to Shakir for the touchdown. Made throws down the stretch. Did start forcing the ball though. Did start forcing the ball to Diggs after that drop from Diggs. Um, almost had an interception, but um, you know, I'm not sure that it was. You know, he had one play. He probably could have thrown a to to digs on a crossing route that people wants to that people want to point out and that's what, what, fine what, but you know he had Shakir in the end zone too and he went for the dagger and you, ended up getting bumped on the throw and and it's incomplete so what do you what do you think of that sequence because I want to get when I mean that sequence I mean that final that was second down right that second down second and nine play you have digs over the crosser right there was a DB lurking because there had wasn't some a clear throw path my my thought on it was like, but there was from his there, perspective, there wasn't a super clear throw path to hit Diggs because the edge rusher was pushing Chris, back was into Chris Jones. Yeah, pushing Deion Dawkins. Um, Dawkins back into him. So it was he. I mean, if he was going to do that, he needed to step up um, and try to get find the pocket and and make a throw. But you know, he just he he was getting pressured from the interior. The guards. Um, the two guards were, you know, less than 50 grades in in this game and on, from PFF, and just they just didn't play very well either oh. guard. And um, so I think he was very shy, you know, to step up in the middle because it just wasn't working out. So he rolls to the right because that's what he always does is roll to the right, and he couldn't find anybody. I want to make this very clear when I'm talking about the last sequence. Josh Allen made the right decision there. Right. He had Shakir over the middle of the field for a touchdown, which in that sequence is never guaranteed. He makes that throw if Deion Dawkins is not driven into him by Chris Jones. So right. credit to Chris Jones. But Lance, you also brought up a good point. Allen's, if you go back and watch the film, and a lot of people on social media do not like to go back and watch it, and they just like to talk about it. If you go back and watch it, I agree with you. Allen did not have a direct path to throw the ball to Stefan Diggs. There was also a DB working right behind Stefan Diggs. Someone told me today that Diggs catches a touchdown. I don't know what you're watching because that's nowhere near to be a touchdown because there's a DB right behind him. If Josh Allen, I would take that Josh Allen throw 10 out of 10 times. Made the right decision, had the open guy, was a split second late due to the fact that he was bumped in to D by Deion Dawkins by Chris Jones. So shout out to Chris Jones for that going to give credit to Chris Jones for that. You cannot go out there and say that that was not the right throw. It is so mind-boggling to see yeah. people. I've had people text me that way. It's like personal people text me that that like pissed me off because I was like like, like we're not watching the same game here, man. Like you can have in your your opinion and all that type of thing. But Allen made the right throw, and it, Absolutely most most people, most intelligent people watching football know he made the right throw. Sorry, I see a little personal there, but people pissed me off uh, yeah. today. Joel drove me a little bit nuts. Uh, that throw was good. It was like it was to the spot. It was to where Shakir was running to. He, he was pushed off his line or pushed off his back foot. Allen, like he was bumped into. He's he's if he makes that throw clean, it's a touchdown. But let's talk about this too. Deion Dawkins had a phenomenal game. And yeah. in the one situation where we need him to step in up and make sure that there's not pressure on Josh Allen, 
he, you know, gets rushed right back into Josh Allen. And it's not, I mean, again, Dion's a phenomenal player, phenomenal human, just great. But in the moment when you got to have it from your star players, from your best players, when you got to have their best performance, we're not getting it. We're not getting it, not getting it from Diggs, didn't get it from Dawkins on that play. And nobody's perfect. Totally understand that. But when the situation and the stakes are as high as they are in the playoffs, those are the moments when we need those folks to be at their best. And it doesn't happen time after time. And that's the problem with this team. It just seems to be every game we lose, it's because in a key moment, there's one piece or another that doesn't do what was needed to make those plays. It just, it's gotta be, it's gotta happen and in order to win a championship. That's what you need to have happen. And the bills aren't getting that. Um, well, and haven't got that this year. Well, Lance, we talked about that with the defensive line, right? Like go make a play when it matters, go make a stop, go stop the run. You have to go, you have to go make a play. Uh, Sherfield dropping the ball. That's not making a play, right? Diggs dropping the ball. That's not making a play. Uh, obviously, Tower Bass missing a field goal. That's I think not making. Wayne's not listening to us. We're talking about people making plays, and he's talking about coaching. I, sorry, Wayne. I, that just angers me because it's not what I'm saying at all. It's, I it's think a outside of outside of the special teams. I said this in the chat earlier. Outside of the special teams coordinator, all of the coaching staff I expect to be back. Unless they I get have promotion. no problem with it. Unless they Unless yeah they get promotion. Bobby Bass. We have to yeah. Absolutely, could be, but I'm not looking to fire anyone. Um, and also, we got to see what they do with Joe Brady. We'll see where they, where they decide to go and all yeah. that, right? See, yeah. you know, what decisions they make. Mm-hmm. But I'm not on the fire McDermott train. I think Sean McDermott is a fine head coach. I think the game plan that they went with this week was was really good. The decision on fourth down was gutsy. It, it didn't work, so we're all gonna say it's bad. Yeah, you know, he's his explanation was element of surprise. I can give him that. It didn't work out. Obviously, if, when things don't work out, that's your fault, and you and you you get you know you get crapped on a little bit. But I don't think that there's a coaching problem in Buffalo. I think that again, w- what we were just talking about when you made that comment was literally that our best players in crunch times are not making plays. That you are have to needed make to win a football game. You got to make one matchups, make a catch, make a throw, make oh, a block. Make a kick. It's not happening. Make a kick. Like, and it's just, I'm not blaming not it. I'm not blaming Tower Bass. You got to make the kick. I'm not blaming D.O. Dawkins who had a great game, but it comes down to I said this earlier in the show and you agreed. I think you said it as well. It comes down in these playoff games to the smallest and slightest thing. Catching a deep yeah. ball, catching another deep ball, making sure you don't get pushed off your block so your quarterback has time to run through the route combination. We talked Allen about in the Miami game when um, Hardy made the punt return. The guy That's gets making hurt. a play. The guy gets hurt, and so it allows him to break that seam. Um, if that guy doesn't rip his knee up in that in that spot, then you know he's probably there to fit the hole and make a play on Hardy, and that play could have been totally different. And it's unfortunate, but like that's what how fine this game is. One, one mistake, um, and and one player out of position on any play, um, just can ruin the entire play. 
and sometimes that results in um, disaster, uh, whether it's turnovers or you know just simply missing um, a touchdown or missing a big play, and it just seemingly happens over and over again. I will say though, to even get to that fourth quarter sequence, let's talk about this a little bit that. The Bills will not, you know, the Bills would not die all season long. Um, they were six and six. They they came back and rose above it. Um, and in this game, they showed a little bit of that resiliency too. When they had to have it, down three, balls on the one yard line, they force a turnover to give themselves another chance. Mm-hmm. Season on the line, and they've made a play after play. Um, they were two for three on fourth down. They were at 50% on third downs. So they got the too many, very, very good overall statistically. But when the situations called for them to do things, um, to win the game, they just, it didn't, didn't happen. And it goes for catches, throws, blocks, kicks, tackles beating a guy one-on-one to make a play on defense and just all of those things failed to happen um, and kind of culminated the bill season uh, of kind of the issue with this team. Yeah. Um, we, yeah, I lost my train of thought there, but um, where the heck I lost my complete train of thought. Um, but yeah, you got, you got to make plays, right? Like that's probably the moral of the story here. You got to make plays, and they did, and they kept themselves in the game. Oh, I was going with this. If you go look at the stats, and you just look at the stats, you don't look at the score, you don't watch the game, the Bills won the game. The Bills basically dominated in every facet of the game, but like you and I just hinted at basically maybe 50 times, when the game is on the line or when it's in the fourth quarter, every player has to do their job, and we didn't see that collectively, right? Defensively, at times... Special teams, we didn't see it. Uh, offensively, with receivers dropping the ball, Deion Dawkins getting pushed off his block, even though he had a great game. Like, you have to go make a play. I don't know. I don't know what to tell you. You got to make a kick. You got to make a play. This was I, I had to, I, I knew since it was already in there. We just, I had to bring it up. Talking about it. Um, we don't even have you know, to talk. My th- well, we'll just we'll go with it. The okay. People were asking about it in the comments, so let's talk about it. Um, I don't believe the Bills should move on from Sean McDermott. I just don't. I I get it that the drive is there for the fans to want this team to win a championship, and it just hasn't happened. And, you know, 13 seconds was McDermott's first time in that situation as a head coach, and he's learned from it. He's proven to us, based upon situations since then, that he's learned from it. Um, but they find other ways to seemingly have issues and you know the coaching decision to throw the ball even on that second down um is a double-edged sword for me because i was just sitting here telling you guys to throw a play action pass and not run the ball on every second down so they go and do that and then it comes back um when they're aggressive to haunt them because they could have ran the ball in that situation and made the Chiefs used their timeouts. And instead, they took a shot to the end zone, uh, stopped the clock, and so on and so forth. And and that's how the game unfolded. But, you know, they they went for it. They went for the, the score in that 
situation and it didn't it didn't pan out um on that second down play the thing with the Sean McDermott conversation is right and I think it's I think it's I think it's twofold right I think there's one part of it where we know Sean McDermott's a really good coach and we know Sean McDermott wins football games I think there's another part of it where has his time run its course here in Buffalo. And I think those are two different conversations because you can have the conversation of has his time run its course and still have him as a really good head coach. For example, Andy Reid. Andy Reid ran his course in Philadelphia. Andy Reid is the best coach in the National Football League. Obviously, he has Patrick Mahomes, but no one's ever questioning Andy Reid, even when he got fired in Philly, right? Like he just ran his course. The question would be, has Sean McDermott run its, his course here in Buffalo? And I'm going to answer that. I don't think so yet. But next season is probably the most pressure Sean McDermott is going to face as a Buffalo Bills head coach. And we just talked that's about not- all the reasons why the Bills lost this game. And 90% of it was lack of execution by a player on the field. I agree. And 10% oh. of it probably was situational and, and coaching. And so that's why I'm not ready to move on from Sean McDermott. Because if dudes catch a ball, make a throw, make a block, then we're not having this conversation. Like, how right. is that the coach's fault I'm... that the players didn't execute the game plan? I don't understand right. the, I don't understand the narrative. <laughs> about wanting to fire Sean McDermott. I don't yeah, understand I a, it. I have a question. These guys didn't execute what he was telling them to do. I have, a question to execute. I have a question for you. You can answer really simple. You can go in depth or whatever. Um, what I just said, would you say next year is the most pressure on Sean McDermott? Because I know you don't blame Sean McDermott. I'm not blaming him Sean McDermott. But Lance, we know how the National Football League works. It's a, it's a results business. If you're not yeah. winning, I mean, the guy... Um, the guy is winning. Coach. But the, Philly's well, coach won a example. Super Bowl and then had a bad season and then got canned the next year. So well, let's, it's definitely well, understandable. But let's say, for Bills. example, you lose in the in the playoffs next year, right? Divisional route, for example. Put the divisional again. Like, eventually. Yeah, hard look at it. You got to take a very Because eventually it. you come to the conclusion, what I just said, that Sean McDermott is a really good coach, but it's run its course. But how are they losing? That's what I want to know. Like, how, I don't think he's run his course kind of yet. Conversation at we had. I think um, you can win a Super Bowl with Sean McDermott being the head coach of the Buffalo Bills. Yeah, it doesn't mean that. Like, if someone, I think if someone wants to make the argument that saying Sean McDermott's not a good coach, he should be fired. Yada yada yada. That's a bad comment uh, conversation. Right. But I would listen to someone, and I think this is a fair conversation. If you say. He has run his course in Buffalo. I think that's a fair conversation. I don't think he has, but if someone wants to give me that point of view, I think that is kind of different. It's also your receiver makes a play, yada, 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 which you and I talked about for the last 10, 10 15 minutes. You got to make plays. Um, it's, 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 a, it's, a, it's a conversation, right? Like you look on one side, you've won four straight AFC East titles, but you've lost back to back home playoff games in the divisional round. Right, like eventually right. it's run its course, and I, I don't think, think that they may. I don't think he's going anywhere. I would be like yeah. if I woke up in the next week because what happened 
very, very soon. Like these don't like it would happen like by the end of the week. If Sharma I'm pretty sure it would have happened before he just went and gave the end of the season press conference, didn't it? You're right. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> it probably would have, I forgot about that. It probably would have already happened. But let's say it still could happen. I don't. I don't I'm know. saying you know, if if a thirteen it would happen tomorrow happens, or thirteen seconds happens again in the in the postseason, I'm hundred percent on board. Okay. It's just that that's not that's not why they're losing. But it's not why they're losing because the players aren't executing what they need to do on the field. They're dropping balls in crucial moments. They're not blocking. They're not beating their man one on one on defense. They're not tackling. They're just. It's not a coaching thing as to why they're losing these games. And that's what I don't understand where people think Sean McDermott could have done anything different mm-hmm. or better in this game to get a different result. He can't make the players make the plays. You, the you know, I'm on your side, plays. right? That's a hundred percent. Right. Well, I mean, I just think there's a lot of people in the comments that aren't on my side and I'm okay with that. I'm not going to convince everybody, but I just want it to be known that like, what do you expect from a coach? Mm-hmm. He can't do the things that the players need to do. The players have to do those things, and the players aren't doing those things. I think and so. For me, I can't get to, well, let's get the coach out of here because maybe for another coach, the players will catch a ball next time. I don't think so. I don't think that's right. I mean, I think. And also, look, I think Brandon Bean's great, and I love Brandon Bean, but I also think he's missed on a couple things, right? Like, it's not, it's Sean McDermott doesn't create the roster. Right, like it's, it's. Like the I think of- in the grand scheme of things, if you look at what that defense did this year, that shows that this guy is a great coach. With, and puts I people agree. In position mm-hmm. to succeed, because he did a hell of a job I, with a makeshift unit that wasn't anything close to what he was supposed to have going into this year. I do and think that's the nature of the business, but I just think that he, after the six and six, turned it on, and, and really showed what he's made of and he's learning through all of this. He's not, he's starting to become more of a tenured head coach for sure. Um, and get in these situations are starting to become more and more familiar to him as he's had more success, but it's not, you know, 13 seconds was like, Hey, that was his first big moment. And he failed. He's he plain out failed. And you know, the Bengals game last year, that sucked. I was there. I had to sit through it. You know, with my uncle who who got me into this whole thing and just, you know, it wasn't fun, um, wasn't fun at all. And then yesterday, you know, you have a shot to tie the game with under two minutes left and and you and you miss a kick. And I just, you know, for me, it's like, all right. Yeah, like I, I yesterday, look, yesterday is not yesterday. Sunday is not the I mean, game yeah, to use as a fire Sean McDermott game. Yeah. That's that's probably one of the worst games you want to use because the game plan was correct. The Bills had a chance to win the game. They were leading at halftime. They were leading heading into the fourth quarter. Could you pin some of it on the fact that the defense wasn't great and Sean McDermott has struggled in playoff games as defense as a defensive head coach? A hundred percent. I think that is an issue, and I think that needs to be corrected. You also had some key injuries, which is also an issue. No excuses there, but you also had a chance to win the game. You held the Chiefs to twenty-seven points, which is not a lot. It's like, I don't know. And I see Wayne in here. I think Wayne, Wayne Wayne clearly disagrees with us, and I love that just because everyone's entitled to their own opinion. And just because we have microphones, it doesn't mean our opinion means more than sure. your opinion. Yeah. And I think some people forget that in the, this grand scheme of things just because 
we have a show um doesn't mean we know more than you and doesn't mean you know more than us we're all equal here as as people that root for the bills obviously we all want one thing is that the bills won a super bowl but he brought up about um above lance he brought joe brady bringing in an OC, veteran oc i don't think that i think joe brady with his own playbook with his own kind of summer you got to remember guys Joe Brady was a quarterbacks coach and got thrusted into this OC position in the middle of the year in a, in a year where there was a ton of turmoil in the Bills just because of they were struggling to win football games and he comes I'm in, 100% open to having this conversation though about bringing in another OC You want to bring would you so would you I'm not saying I did I don't like Joe Brady and I think he did the best he could you know stepping in the, the problem is who is it It's just that you know has you know can he like, do what what Wayne's asking of an offensive coordinator to do. Can Joe Brady do that? Mm-hmm. I don't know. I don't know the answer to that question yet so. because I don't. I think he's done a a great job of it this year with what they've had. Um, I think they need to do more. Motion. And I think the, the the you know the offense isn't explosive. Like is that also? But, be but Lance, is that also because the playmakers aren't there? Because Diggs is not an explosive receiver. He never was, even when he was younger in his career. But Kincaid's a very good receiver. I think they need to get him more. But you had the inconsistencies with Gabe Davis. Shakir emerged towards the end of the year, who I think is going to be a really good receiver in this National Football League. But Lance, you don't have that explosive, over-the-top kind of guy. I think they thought Sherfield was. And I think Trent Sherfield has been a huge disappointment. Deontay Hardy hasn't been really a factor outside of a couple plays in the Pittsburgh, he made a huge play. Obviously, in the special teams against Miami, made a huge play. Like Gabe Davis has been very bad, very up and down this year. Bad's not the right term. Up and down. Like Lance, I think, and I've tweeted this. I think next year, if you go into the draft season with you have Diggs, you have Shakir, you have Kincaid and Knox, and you go bring in a veteran guy and you go draft a guy early in day one or day two, that's what you kind of need. You kind of need an over the top kind of guy that can kind of take the top off the defense. I think like or a big receiver. This is a good comment, Trey. And I'm not dogging anybody. I just think that like, okay, well, the the Bengals actually had all of their okay. horses, and you're talking about apples and oranges here. I you're need, talking right? about a, a second team linebacking core with a really banged up secondary, and you know, a third string corner in. Razul Douglas I isn't want... healthy. Lance, before you and keep I going just there, think it's not it's not apples to apples. Lance, I want I want to ask everybody in the comment section. Like I said, every opinion matters. I'm not saying you're wrong. I'm not saying you're right. Right? Like, look, we have no, we have not reached the goal we have wanted to with this this year and in the years past. If you don't think Sean McDermott should be back as the Buffalo Bills head coach, tell me realistic options to replace. I want names because I'm I'm. It's the same thing when we, you know, when people do for the NBA All-Star Game or the MLB All-Star Game or the Pro Bowl, right? This guy shouldn't be in it. Well, then give me people that should be in it, right? Like, like, or this guy should be in it. But then who are you taking out, right? Like, go take someone out. So if you're in the comment section and if you want to drop some names of who the next head coach is going to be, if they fire Sean McDermott, realistic names, Eric Bieniemy is not the next head coach of the Buffalo Bills. I'm just going to be honest with you, man. He completely failed in Washington. Sam Howell looked good and then completely pummeled there. Eric Bieniemy has not gotten, I don't, from my knowledge, a single head coaching interview this cycle. 
So if far. he wants to come be the OC, he wants to come be the OC. That OC. That's the veteran OC guy. If that's who that's you want different. him to come in to be the OC, let's have that's, that conversation. But, I'm totally. But Eric Bieniemy is he is not Lance. He has not gotten. I don't unless maybe Washington interviewed. I don't know. I don't think he's gotten an interview. Yeah, I haven't seen and I, him. And I'm not, I'm fine with Joe Brady too. I want to see. I'm excited again. For me, I'm rooting for all the guys we have now who have been here and helped us get as far as we have. I'm rooting for Brandon Bean to crush this offseason. I'm rooting for Sean McDermott and his staff to get to a place where they can come out and have a successful season in 2024-25. And that's my mindset. It's not about – you can't just change everything because then you're going to go through <laughs> another three or four years before that stuff takes hold. And you, you're not, you're not going to just suddenly win a Super Bowl next year if you change everything right now. I don't think, but maybe. Well, I think you got to change some personnel. Obviously, there'd be a little bit of coaching turnover just based off guys potentially getting poached. Right. I'm and talking Lance, about major look, turnover, though. Just, you know, Lance, they might, they everybody might, they, and, they and might move off that. Matthew Smiley. Okay. Okay. Vrabel. I've seen this name brought up a couple times. If you are going to make a head coaching change, you are not going to go from Sean McDermott, defensive coach, who has had more success than Mike Vrabel, who is also a defensive coach. You're going the wrong way, or you're just staying lateral, right? Like, you know what I mean? Like, if you are going to move off Sean McDermott, you have to go get an offensive guy. The problem is, you probably have to go get a guy that has experience as a head coach. And the only guy that would be, and it's not realistic, I'm not saying Bill Belichick, would be Jim Harbaugh. That's the only guy, and he's t- about to take the Los Angeles Chargers job. Like, that's the only yeah. guy. Like, if someone proposed to find me- a Sean McVay, one of those young offensive minds, I mean, and, and Randy, I'm not, I'm Randy, I'm not, I'm not coming at you, Randy. I think that's a very foul. I think Mike Vrabel's a very good head coach in this NFL. I just don't think. Vrabel would be realistic. I don't, I don't think Vrabel would move the needle in the way you would think it would, would be, right? I think Vrabel's a very good head coach, and if the Titans, and I think he should get another head coaching job. I think Vrabel's did a, did a really good job in Tennessee, and he seems like a great leader. I just don't know that moves the needle. Wayne, I agree with you, man. It's Jim Harbaugh. I'm on you with that, man. I think that would be a real an option. The problem is he's taking the Los Angeles Chargers job in about half a day. So that's probably not uh, going to happen. Yeah, I mean, I think that there's a litany of issues coming into this year that um, Miller, yeah. that come down to decisions that Bean has made, decisions that McDermott has made. It's just like if we're going to talk about why the Bills haven't won, though, um, I just I have to hold – people are holding – the coaches way more accountable than the players and the players are the one on the field doing the the job. And I just, for me, that's where I put my emphasis because I think they were put in position to make plays and one way or another, the play didn't get made. That was there to be made. Um, we just pointed out a bunch of them over this show about where people had opportunities and didn't make those opportunities into big plays that they could have um, very little pressure on Patrick Mahomes. And when they got the pressure there, they couldn't really tackle him when he runs for 25 yards or whatever so, it was, you know, so, so lots of stuff. 
JP's coming in, Bill Belichick, right? Like, I said realistic. Because <laughs> Bill Belichick's not going to be the next Buffalo Bills head coach. It's not going to happen. It's also like, look, if Lance, if... And I don't think that's true either. I don't think Bill would win. He's not, like, he had Josh McDaniels, who was a terrible head coach, but it was a great... Yeah, Bill Bel- and Bill Belichick would also want to come in and he's a defensive make- guy too. So he would he wants yeah, to play he, same style. But he was also he would he would also come in and be and Bill Belichick's a better head coach than Sean McDermott. I think I think that's a fair assessment, obviously. But I think he would come in and want to have a little more power. And mm-hmm. that's not gonna happen. But sure. Lance, if you're getting rid of morning, Brandon Bean and Sean McDermott at that point. Yeah. If tomorrow morning Sean McVay left the Rams, right? If he just left the Rams, if he was done being the national head coach, I would fire Sean McDermott for Sean McVay. Because I think you would go win a Super Bowl and you'd probably be the Super Bowl favorite if you had Sean McVay as your head coach, right? If Kyle Shanahan, who's currently in the NFC Championship, was all of a sudden, I want to go coach for the Bills, right? Like, this is, I'm playing, I'm in La La Land right now. That happened. He's the next coach of the Buffalo Bills. If Andy Reid said that, he's the next coach of the Buffalo Bills. Outside of that, not Mike Tomlin, because you're not going anywhere with that. It's the same thing. I guess John Harbaugh, I would probably take in Baltimore over Sean McDermott. Um, I don't know. And then maybe Jim Harbaugh as well. I think Jim Harbaugh is a really good head coach. But, like, you're playing. We're, we're in freaking la-la land right now. Like, I'm in unrealistic territory right now. Like, yeah, there's no realistic option that I think is an upgrade over Sean McDermott. Not saying Ben Johnson from Detroit, for example, is going to be not a better head coach than Sean McDermott. I don't know. I just don't know if you want to bring in a first-time guy. That's just my opinion. Um, but like, like Lance, you would agree, right? Like, you even if the biggest Sean McDermott believer. I'm not saying that's you, but like, if Sean McVay was available, you go fire Sean McDermott for Sean McVay. I would. Yeah, I mean, I would trade that because you have, like you said, you have like that. that. But that's not really out there that can just benefit so much from from that kind of a mind. But um, and those people aren't just available. I mean, there's not ten of those guys out there. There's one Sean McVay. But I'm. Right? But that's, that's also like, a la la land. That's tough. Yeah, I mean, I for I'm me again, I don't. Land. I don't get there. It was you know just even from um, the Dorsey firing. Like I said, I knew somebody who, um, you know, their kid played with Dorsey's kid on a team, and now. It's like, okay, is that kid um, taking any crap in school oh, or is that kid yeah. having a hard time now or having to move again and all that stuff? It's like this is all affects like actual human lives about what happens in a game. And I just I can't get myself to to get there on it because of what I just saw on Sunday. What I saw on Sunday was lack of execution in my mind more than any coaching issue. That's just my opinion. And you guys see it a different way. That's fine, but when I put on the tape and I watched it before the show, I saw lack of execution by players on a field, not coaching deficiencies. And that's just how I I see the game. I forgot who it was, but I think I forgot what team he interviewed. I think Ken Dorsey interviewed the the Browns OC job. Right. It was someone. Uh... So, yeah, let's – we are – getting long here and i do want to get into a couple of the next i'm not sure um what more there is on where does this team turn next no we can go to the final segment okay let's go to the the final segment all right a little fun a little fun here now we got out our uh displeasure and all that and now we're uh 
going to transition a little bit um, towards where we're at. We're in the off season now. So yeah, one one way too early. I don't know why I made this the longest absolute title in the history of banners, <laughs> but I did. One way too early position the Bills need to add this offseason. So we obviously there's a ton. There's free agents and all that stuff, and we're going to keep this nice and like not crazy because we have a lot to cover in the next couple of months as, as we do these shows. But Lance, your initial kind of like, who, who should the Bills add to this roster? Position-wise, I don't know. We, we don't have to start yeah. dropping like, oh, I'm not going to drop a lot of names. Kind of I'm going to say the obvious thing is wide receiver. But outside of wide receiver, um, there and and I, me, it says one, but it's my, that's my show I'm going to say, too. Uh, so I think you absolutely want to go out and try to find the best center you can get in this draft. Oh, like early in the draft to be a early pick. The the highest ranked center I think I see here is Jackson Powers Johnson from Oregon. Okay. Um, he's the fifty second ranked player on NFL. So draft you're, you're thinking like a day two center could totally be third rounder. Well, that's where centers usually go. They usually go in that kind of. If that's where you get them, totally fine with that. But that is where um, I think the Bills have to find someone. I think you have got to get um, an absolute stud at center because. I agree. I I saw something earlier talking about, or no, it was in, uh, in our, in our chat. Yeah. Yeah, I know what you're talking that, about. That Mitch Morse, um, you know, the replacement for Mitch Morse needs to be found sooner than later. And I totally agree. Not because Mitch Morse is bad. Mitch Morse is absolutely probably is one, more one year. of the best centers. And it was tough to see a situation where he played beyond this year. And he actually made it through the year fairly healthy. Um, the offensive line this year, obviously, it's been well noted. You know, all played together for for so many snaps, and that was just incredible. But um, you can't bank on that every year. And obviously, Mitch Morris has um, got one, maybe one good year left in him, and he's going to give it a go. But you got to then transition that knowledge and that that presence over to a young guy. And and Bates is good as well, but he's not. He's no longer really young. So how many effective seasons if he took over at center would you have? Um, and he might go want to go elsewhere. I don't know what his con- how many years. Many. I think he's one more year, maybe, or this okay, was so his last year. But um, no. yeah. So, um, top three here you have Jackson Powers Johnson out of Oregon, Zach Frazier, and Cedric Van Pran from Georgia. Um, you know, one of those three gentlemen should be in a Buffalo Bills training camp next year. Yeah, I think. A couple of positions I would like to add. I would like to add a receiver, right? I said a couple minutes ago, go get a guy in the draft, right? Like, is it, is it with your twenty eighth pick, like the day a day one guy, or is it a day two guy? Like, I love, I love, obviously, I love Marvin Harrison, Dunzu, uh, Malik Neighbors, right? I don't think those guys are anywhere near realistic for the Buffalo Bills, and once unless they want to ship off a future twenty twenty five first, uh, but like a Keenan Coleman of the world, Troy Frank, Franklin, uh, Brian Thomas Jr. A.D. Mitchell, who I know me and Daniel Adams love. I tweeted about it yesterday. Go get him. Uh, Tez Walker from UNC. Xavier Worthy, right? These are all late first-round potential guys, definitely day two guys. You know what I mean? 
you'll get one of those type of guys. I think A.D. Mitchell runs like a 4-4-8-40, can uh, go get a ball like absolutely no man can, and I think he's great, so I think he'll be a great guy. Lance, D-tackle. I think D-tackle, it's, it's interesting what they do with the D-tackle because if they run it back, I'm not opposed to it. Like if it's Daquan Jones back there again, which I think he'll be back as a Buffalo Bill. And then do they bring back Tim Settle? I think Jordan Phillips said he was retiring, potentially retiring. Like does Tim Settle come back? He's an interesting. I think Tim Settle's had a very underrated football year for the Bills. Mm -hmm. But I think a young, I think you would agree just because of the aging of Daquan Jones, even if they bring him back like uh, a Byron Murphy or Tavondre Sweat from Texas, those guys I would target as a D tackle. Makai Wingo from LSU, that type of guy. And then a safety. I love how I said I wasn't going to drop names, but I'm dropping names. Yeah, uh, you have to. And I think I would, safety is, you know, going to be would, would have been another like a know, day three position safety. they have day to three, keep like on. Third round. Um, Tyke Smith, something if, like if that. If they go get the best safety in the in the draft, I'm, well, that you know, would be I'm fine with that. That would too. be Cameron. I don't think that would be Cameron Kitchens. I know uh, people like Tyler uh, Newbin from Minnesota, but Cameron Kitchens out of Miami is an absolute. If go if you want to. Safety, and you're just going to be in love with the safety that the Bills try to get. Go watch on YouTube Cameron Kitchens highlights. This guy can go freaking find the ball like no tomorrow. Like mm-hmm. he's just, I think he's a he's a stud. Uh, he would be great. But I think the safety is a position you probably avoid on round one. This just because of the value we get there. But right. like a receiver, I think would be cool. Um, to get the best receiver, D tackle guys. Don't be against a D tackle in round one if it's a Devonje Sweat type of guy. I think he's an absolute game wrecker in the middle of the field. The best he tackles probably Jazair Newton, but he seems like more of like a top 15 pick in my, in my opinion at the moment. Uh, but like a Byron yeah, Murphy. The position that I'm really excited about mm. seeing where they go this year, because I think they absolutely have to draft one is running back. I know we have James cook. I'm not asking to replace James cook. What do you mean? Ty Johnson is the next one. Tomlinson. When you talked earlier, you mentioned, uh, and someone mentioned in the comments as well, that you know he doesn't necessarily fit the workhorse back that this game, no. you know, this new scheme since um, Joe Brady took over. You know, Cook's not necessarily the fit for that. He's more, you know, of a of a pace changer, and he, you know, um, is going to add weight and he's going to grow into that maybe. But um, and he didn't Don't have any me. really injury concerns. But you got guys like. Um, you know, third, second, and third round pick running backs here at the top of their it's, position. It's it's a um, that are it's not a top in. heavy class, right? Like there's not a guy you can make you can. There's really isn't a guy in this which could benefit the Bills because right. they don't want to reach on a running back because obviously it's like fourth or fifth or sixth in their needs. In my opinion, I think you agree. For sure, yeah. Lance. I think it's an I think it's a class where you can go get guys anywhere from two to five, right? The rounds. I I, I don't. There's right. not a first round guy most. People have Jonathan Brooks or Trey Benson as the top two guys in the draft. Trey Benson out of Florida State and Jonathan Brooks out of Texas. Jonathan Brooks is coming off an ACL. Blake Corman of Michigan, even though he's small, Bucky Irving. A guy I like who's only who's one of the youngest players in the draft, only 20 years old, Braylon Allen out of Wisconsin. I think you can go get that guy potentially in the third or fourth huge. round. He's a huge dude. Who, Braylon Allen? Oh, my God, yeah. I think I think I think he would fit perfect. You get that guy in the fifth round, sign me and up. And you know what his role yeah. is on I use NFLDraftBuzz.com. That's like my uh website. His, yep. what, his role is work horse 
back. And right now, he is 20 years old. He just turned 20, January 20th. He turned 23 days ago. So when the season starts next year, he will still be 20. And when the season, when we're in the Super Bowl next year, he'll just be 21. And he can drink when we win the Super Bowl. Allen on the team either. Um, and it looks like his passing game is well sought after. Looks like he can run the screen game and play He's very a Buffalo well. Bill. Um, ah, damn yeah, it. I, just, big, I just talked myself into Braylon Allen, and now I'm going to be pissed. Braylon Allen, here we go. NFL Draft Buzz, if for reference, is, is the website I use, and I got I think I got you on that well as well, Lance. I, think it's a I love, the, great, love the breakdown here. It's a great draft website. His draft projection for Braylon Allen, fifth-round pick, uh, position rank 11. And he got had a couple injuries, but like those fluke injuries of like breaking a leg and kind of type of thing in college, which one of the reasons he is so young and also one of the reasons he hasn't had a lot of snaps, which I think right. worked like with James Cook did out of college because James Cook split carries with Zimir White. Oh, it's a, oh, they added a mock draft sim. Oh, draft simulator. no way. Draft they did wall. it. Oh, damn it. Wow. Draft wall. Oh, this is going to be awesome. Okay, this could be a problem. I love the season, and I hate when the Bills do this to me every year when they lose. But, man, I love the draft season, dude. I love the draft season. Oh, yeah. I know my boy Daniel Adams uh, just added the mock draft sim as well. He said great site. It's a great freaking site. NFL draft. Trade, blog. Value Trade value chart. Standard. Jimmy Johnson. Fitzgerald Spielberger. Rich Hill. Harvard. Chase Stewart. Those are the trade value chart. That's weird. That's funny. Select all teams. Oh, man, I'm using... I like PFF sometimes, but I feel like PFF doesn't update their board enough. Hmm. Like, this will be interesting, yeah. I'm going to use this. Oh, I love NFL Draft Buzz. And they also have so, 2020... We got to yeah, get out of here. Folks, thanks we? for sticking with us. We got to get out of here, This man. is definitely going to be um, exciting to get into and, and as disappointing as it is to wrap up a season and not be crowned the Super Bowl champions. It's just as, just as exciting to get through because, like I said, I have perfect faith in Brandon Bean and Sean McDermott to continue to get better every day personally and grow this team and continually put them on a trajectory to compete and be in this position again next year. And a lot of people don't have faith in that, but I do, and um, it's just part of my fandom. I'm uh, going to root as hard as I can for the guys we have here. Um, Cause I don't know what else to do. So those are the guys we have here. I want them to succeed and I will want them to um, do their job. So one other thing I know, obviously the bills brought back a lot of reserve future guys. They also signed on Saturday during some of the other playoff games, KJ Hamler, yeah. former Penn state wide receiver, former second round pick and former Denver Bronco receiver that has dealt with some injuries in his career. He's a cool guy. That I think, you know, the camp guy that everyone wants to make the roster. He feel like he kind of fits into that. Uh, yeah. But, yeah, Wayne, appreciate you joining us tonight. Lance, like I said earlier, and I think you said this perfectly just as well, everyone appreciate everyone that joined throughout the regular season. We're not going anywhere. Uh, we'll be back next Tuesday, as always. I've I, I, Last week I said what we're going to talk about. I have no idea what we're talking about next Tuesday. Couldn't yeah, we'll tell you. Maybe. Maybe Lance and I just sit and do mock draft simulators for an hour and just bore yeah. you guys to death. Um, I'm totally joking, but we're going to try to get some guests on uh, as well. Keep it interesting. Keep it light. Yeah, working um, on some cool stuff in the background, so stay tuned, not just for the Buffalo Blitz, but for everything that is built in Buffalo. Mm -hmm. We have a lot of content creators on this brand. 
that do really good stuff. And we're going to continue to evaluate and, and put the best product yeah. we can out there for you guys content wise. So stay tuned, built in Buffalo news for articles, um, the built in Buffalo podcast network for the audio stuff. And then our obviously social media, Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram um, are doing great things and uh, head on over. If you haven't yet to the YouTube channel, um, that's been growing a bit lately as well. So I'd love to have uh, you guys go over there and hit the subscribe button on the YouTube channel there for built in Buffalo. Yeah. And as always, we are sponsored by underdog fantasy, just because the bills are no longer in the playoffs and you want to go sit in a, in your room and cry, which is a fair thing to do. You guys can get on underdog fantasy best time of the year, AFC NFC championships. And then obviously into the super bowl, make sure you guys use promo code blitz for a hundred percent deposit match up to hundred dollars starting at 10 up to hundred. It's a great website, football, uh, NBA, NHL, baseball seasons, literally just around the corner, about a month or two away. Get on underdog fantasy. Okay. Lance has to go to bed because it's a little past his bedtime. It's 941. Appreciate everyone that stuck with us for an hour and 40 minutes. Appreciate everyone in the comment section. Uh, you guys are great tonight. And thank you to listening to us for Lance and I kind of airing our dirty laundry. Lance, you got anything else to say or are we out of here, man? Yeah, I'm good. I think just thank everyone for all the love. And like I said, stay tuned to Built in Buffalo. Uh, we're going to do some really cool things throughout the off season in the community. And then, um, you know, moving forward into next season's training camp and things like that. I got some pretty awesome things in mind to hopefully um, engage more with the mafia. So Lance is, Lance is the D tackle I was talking about guys. He's ranked. Yeah. He, he's just off the draft board. Uh, okay. We'll be back next Tuesday at 8 PM Eastern. If you guys missed this episode, feel free to rewatch it to re-listen to this on audio platform or Facebook, YouTube, and Twitter. Like I said, I have no idea what we're talking about next week, but Lance and I will be sitting here and we'll be talking about something related to the Buffalo Bills. As always, he was Lance, and I was Peter, and this was the Buffalo Blitz on the Buffalo Network. And as always, go Bills. Go Bills.